Hello, my name is Laura Diaz. Welcome back to Eco Chic. It is really great to have you here today. It is back to school season, so I am excited that we have another book episode today. I say another, I've only put out one before. We had the Eco Chic Summer Reading List released in May. I will link that episode in the show notes if you want to go back and listen to it. But I really enjoyed putting that episode together. It seems like y'all really liked it. So I'm looking forward to today's conversation where we're talking about all new books for the fall season. I feel like this is an especially exciting time to talk about books because I feel like there are so many good climate books, science books getting a lot of publicity right now. There are a lot of books that I'm really excited to read and that's what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm not recommending the books necessarily. I'm telling you that I'm excited to read them. I encourage you to read them as well. These are all books that have been released within the last couple of months or are being released this month. And all the books we're discussing today are nonfiction books. My favorite genre of book to read in general is typically memoirs. I read a lot of fiction books because I like a story, of course, but I think the fun thing about a memoir is that it is a nonfiction story. It still has characters. It still has a plot line. Things are still happening as opposed to just reading pure science. So those are the types of stories I'm leaning into a little bit for today's choices for this episode. But again, if you want personal recommendations of books I have read before, I will link in the show notes that Eco Chic Summer Reading List episode. Those are all books that have been out for quite some time and I personally have read and would highly recommend. This episode is books that are coming out right now. Before we get into the fall books, an honorable mention is a book that came out this spring in April, and that is Climate Optimism by my friend Zara Biabani. I'm really excited to include this in the list, and I felt like it was really important to include in the back-to-school type episode kind of energy that we're having today, because I feel like once you get into climate science, if you are learning about these things for the first time, or even if you've been in this space for quite some time, you're reading other books that are discussing very real issues in the climate space, the optimism piece is so, so important. Zara is a content creator, she is a CEO, she is a founder, she is a climate activist, and of course she is a writer. The book Climate Optimism looks at five communities across the global south working on climate solutions in really inspiring ways. Zara shares some really community-led efforts, and then she also has a whole bunch of lists in there of really inspiring things when it comes to climate optimism, how to really keep your head up and keep hopeful as we are learning more and as we are maintaining this momentum. I think one of the most important takeaways from the book Climate Optimism for me that I've heard directly from Zara multiple times is what makes people not optimistic? Why do we fall into this doom spiral when it comes to climate information and climate science? Why can't we just immediately celebrate change and celebrate momentum and again, community-driven climate solutions and efforts? This book provides a really great framework for thinking about optimism in your work. Again, Climate Optimism by Zara Biabani that was released in April, and I'm going to go ahead and link in the show notes also an episode where Zara is discussing climate optimism as a theme with us here on the show. The next book on our list is The Quickening, Creation and Community at the Ends of the Earth by Elizabeth Rush. I know Elizabeth Rush from her book Rising, which was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize in general nonfiction last year, and The Quickening was released mid-August this year. 
Also, The Quickening was published by Milkweed, which is the publisher behind Braiding Sweetgrass. So I like to just keep an eye out for the books that they push and support and are publishing because I feel like they, as a publishing house, have a really great background on these powerful environmental personal books. So The Quickening is also partial nonfiction, partial memoir, partial just understanding the world in a changing climate. Through The Quickening, Elizabeth Rush is documenting a 2019 voyage she was on with 57 other scientists in Antarctica looking to better research and better understand the Thwaites Glacier. Here's a line from the description of the book. In The Quickening, Elizabeth Rush documents their voyage, often the sublime, seeing an iceberg for the first time, the staggering waves of the Drake Passage, the torqued, unfamiliar contours of Thwaites, alongside the workday moments of this groundbreaking expedition, a ping pong tournament at sea, long hours at the lab, all the effort that goes into caring and protecting human life in a place that is inhospitable for it. This book just sounds so engrossing. Like I love a really great setting for a book. Like the physical descriptions of a place are really important to me when I'm reading a book. And I also love this personal element to something that is so larger than life. This sounds like a really great book. It's gotten really great reviews. I'm really looking forward to reading it. That was, again, The Quickening, Creation and Community at the Ends of the Earth by Elizabeth Rush. The next book I'm excited to read this fall is called Climate Travels, How Ecotourism Changes Mindsets and Motivates Action by Michael M. Gunter Jr. This book was published in March of 2023, but I have recently seen a lot of publicity around this book. I feel like more people have been recommending it. And on a personal note, I am really fascinated with ecotourism as an industry, the ethics of ecotourism. I feel like there's so much to learn from travel, but there is also so much interesting pushback around ecotourism. So I just am fascinated by the topic. It's a topic that we've talked about a few times on the show in the last few months. And I, I think the reason that ecotourism is a little bit controversial is that for a very long time, there was this mindset that if you were a true climate activist, you could not travel. Climate activists are not supposed to be contributing to the carbon emissions associated with flying on an airplane. So for a very long time, travel was demonized to some extent within the climate community. Now this book, Climate Travels, again, how ecotourism changes mindsets and motivates action, is partially a memoir, partially interviews, and overall a direct personal experience discussing ecotourism and environmental justice. Here is a line from the Goodreads description. Michael M. Gunter Jr. takes readers around the U.S. to bear witness to the many faces of the climate crisis. He argues that conscientious travel broadens understanding of climate change and makes the dangers more concrete and immediate. I feel like this is right up my alley because I love the idea of personal accounts. Again, what I was saying at the top around memoirs and why I enjoy them so much is because it's still a story, but it's a true story. It's really coming from personal experiences and really understanding things firsthand. The description goes on to note that the book draws on interviews with government officials, industry leaders, and alternative energy activists. It's pulling from direct personal experiences and really discussing how the reality of climate change can be brought home for readers. This also sounds like a very, very hopeful book to me, so I look forward to reading it and learning more about these communities. Quick break to talk to you about Fume. Old Turkey is for sandwiches. There is a better way to break your habits. 
I feel like the wellness world is constantly talking about habits. We're talking about how to create new habits, how to create good habits, but also how to break old habits. And that is a lot easier said than done. But not everything in a bad habit is so wrong. So instead of a drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit? Fume is an innovative, award-nominated device that does just that. Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural, and instead of vapor, fume just uses flavored air. Instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses all natural, delicious flavors. You get it, instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you are free to enjoy, and it makes replacing your bad habit easy. Your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for de-stressing and anxiety while you're breaking this habit. It's surprisingly well-balanced, it's beautiful, it's fun to fidget with, it's made of real wood, and the shape is sleek, you'll feel cool using your fume. Stopping is something we've all put off because it's hard, but switching to fume is easy, enjoyable, and even fun. Fume has served over 100,000 customers and has thousands of success stories, and there's no reason it can't be you. Join Fume in accelerating humanity's breakup from destructive habits by picking up the journey pack today. Head to tryfume.com and use code ECOCHIC to save 10% off when you get the journey pack today. That's tryfum.com, use code ECOCHIC to save an additional 10% off your order today. The book I'm excited to read this fall season is Wasteland, The Secret World of Waste and the Urgent Search for a Cleaner Future by Oliver Franklin Wallace. Oliver Franklin Wallace is an investigative journalist who through this book is taking a deep dive into the global waste crisis. I am fascinated by this because I'm also really interested in the recycling economy. I think waste is something that I've grappled with a lot in my journey with sustainability. I've thought a lot about waste and I feel like waste was the first thing that really attracted me to learning more about sustainability. Like where does our trash go? What happens when you can't recycle? My gateway into sustainability actually was that I had always recycled and thought of myself as an environmentally conscious person, but I wasn't really doing all that much in my day-to-day life. And then for the first time in my life, about eight years ago, I was living in a place that did not recycle. And it really prompted me to think about waste and wonder where my trash is going. What is a landfill? What are real recycling plants like? Why is recycling and why is trash governed the way that it is in the U.S.? So I'm really excited about this book undergoing a search of the global waste crisis. Here's a line from the publisher's description. In Wasteland, journalist Oliver Franklin Wallace takes us on a shocking journey inside the waste industry, the secret multi-billion dollar world that underpins the modern economy, quietly profiting from what we leave behind. In India, he meets waste pickers from the front lines of the plastic crisis. In the UK, he journeys down sewers to confront our oldest and newest waste crisis and comes face to face with nuclear waste. In Ghana, he follows the afterlife of our technology and explores the global export network that results in goodwill donations clogging African landfills. And then this description from the publisher just gets juicier and juicier. This feels not only investigative, but there's something a little almost secretive about it. Like there is some sort of gossip element from what I'm reading in this description. Like this all feels like stuff I'm not supposed to know and I want to know. This book sounds so thought-provoking, so insightful, very personal, and again, a great take on community-led efforts and really getting that community perspective on a lot of these issues. And Wasteland was published in July of this year. The last book on our back-to-school reading list I'm so excited to read was published just a couple of weeks ago. 
Trail of the Lost, The Relentless Search for Bringing Home the Missing Hikers of the Pacific Crest Trail by Andrea Lankford. This book was an instant New York Times bestseller, and it was the best book of the month for August 2023 in memoirs and biographies on Amazon. And I've discussed before, I love learning about national parks. I love outdoor spaces. I love these stories of through hikers. In the summer reading list episode, I mentioned the book Wild by Cheryl Strayer, and the publisher's description does reference back the book, a famous trek, a really impactful journey, and a really powerful memoir that impacted a lot of people. I am excited to read this book because it's kind of like the dark side of being outdoors, connecting with nature, and really having this kind of like romanticized idea of the outdoors without understanding the dangers. Here's from the publisher's description. From an award-winning formal law enforcement park ranger and investigator, this female-driven true crime adventure follows the author's quest to find missing hikers along the Pacific Crest Trail by pairing up with an eclectic group of unlikely allies. As a park ranger with the National Park Service law enforcement team, Andrea Langford led search and rescue missions in some of the most beautiful and dangerous landscapes across America, from Yosemite to the Grand Canyon. But though she had the support of the agency, Andrea grew frustrated with the service's bureaucratic idiocracies and left the force after 12 years. Two decades later, however, she stumbles across a mystery that pulls her back where she left three young men have vanished from the Pacific Crest Trail. I mean, that is a juicy description. That sounds so good. It's a little true crime. It's a little memoir. It sounds really beautifully written. Again, I love the description of places in books. And it also sounds really dark at times. Like, I can understand how this story will get really intimidating for the author, for the reader. But I'm really excited to read this. It sounds a little psychological. There's, again, the true crime element and also this really beautiful nature element as well. So an interesting juxtaposition of setting to story. Trail of the Lost was published by Hatchet Books and Wasteland, the last book I just recommended, was also published by them. So it seems like they are also a publishing house really leaning into these investigative, environmental, personal accounts and stories. That's it for my personal fall reading list. I look forward to hearing your suggestions. I want to know what you're reading this fall. I want to know what books you're excited to pick up during this back to school season, whatever age you are. I love this time of year. I feel like it's the perfect time to get organized, to get motivated. And also as I read this book, I will give little reviews or I'll give my thoughts on social media, probably on Instagram, but also I like to do little book reviews on TikTok. All of my social links are down in the show notes if you want to check them out. And if you've made it to this point in the episode, make sure you are subscribed to EcoChic wherever you listen to podcasts and you can rate and review the show. It helps me out a lot. You can send it to a friend. You can post it on your Instagram story. I hope you enjoyed this style of episode. Again, these are all things I'm really excited about and this was a really fun one for me to put together. So with that, I hope you have a really great rest of your day. Thanks so much for tuning in and I will talk to you very soon. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.